2: Hello and welcome to the first episode of the AI Movie Night Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Simpson, and basically what I'll be doing is each episode of the podcast discussing golden new films with fellow lovers of film. Tonight I'm going to be discussing the 1991 sci-fi action classic Terminator 2, Judgment Day. I'm lucky enough to be joined by Sashin McCrani, writer for The Guardian, and host of the excellent The Runner podcast. I'm also lucky to be joined by Carl Kopach who writes for The Anfield Rap. He's also a journalist and a novelist as well. Thanks very much for joining me, lad. How are you, Sash? I'm very good, mate. I'm very good. How are you? Glad to hear you. I'm great, thanks. And how are you, Carl?
0: I'm fine. Absolutely fine. I'm technologically up to speed. <laughs> and yeah, not bad. The irony
1: of having uh, technology problems when we're talking about Terminator 2 is, uh, is lost on
2: nobody, I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah we've, we've had a few te- technological problems <laughs> in the making of this. I think uh, Skynet's got a bit of an issue with us. But before we get into it, I'm just going to start with a quick icebreaker question. But before I do, I have to be upfront and say I'm quite biased about this film because I'm arguably Arnie's biggest fan. To put that into context and what some unkind people would describe as a little fat bloke, right? But on my bookshelf, I've got the following two books. The Education of a Bodybuilder by Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and The Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding by Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's how much of an Arnie fan I am. <laughs> I'm off. i am not
1: tolerating this. Just, <laughs> I'm
2: off. I wouldn't blame you. I wouldn't blame <laughs> you. So just to begin, uh, as a quick icebreaker, yeah, I'll start with you first, Sash.
1: Favourite Arnie line? So I presume this is from Terminator 2, our favourite Arnie line, is
2: it? It could it, be any of his films, It could, you know.
1: Okay, well, I've got two from Terminator 2. I've got my actual choice, and then I've got a pretentious choice, if that's all right. Mm-hmm. My really? actual choice is quite an obvious one, I think, which is I need your clothes, your boots and your motorcycle, which I think is a brilliant mm-hmm. line. And my pretentious choice is what's wrong with your eyes, which he says to John Connor when he's crying. And the reason it's pretentious is it's kind of, for me, sums up the film in a way of that sort of clash between man and machine of emotion, you know, versus the absence of it. So I thought that, you know, in five words, that was quite an important line in the film.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's, it it really captures, like, you know, as you say, that the hum, human element and the machine and the sort of the determinators learning about humans throughout the film. Mm. What about you, Carl?
0: Uh, I'm not opposite of you. Uh, I've got no interest in him whatsoever i don't really have a favorite arnie line i'm probably going to at some point talk about true lies tonight but when we we'll go on to discuss him because that's that is just an extraordinary film not in a good way <laughs> um but it, I, just my oh, it's, oh, it's so bad it's just such a, I, I love watching it but i sort of don't quite understand why when i'm doing it but favorite, favorite arnie line i, I was 2 the other day obviously and uh I quite like the bit, because I think the dialogue's mostly poor, to be honest. But um, <laughs> I quite like the bit where they're standing, where you're talking to the security guard called Carl. Um, not massively happy that the security guard's called Carl, but... Um, <laughs> and he says, you know, you, you, know, you know the rules, you can't come in, you can't do this. And he's, I like the way he just pulls his gun and says, I insist. I quite <laughs> like that.
2: No, that, that is brilliant. I'm going to cheat here with mine, as I say.
0: 700 words in the film, he says. Oh, I see. So, uh sort of to V in the studio 85 grand apparently.
2: They got the money's worth though. I, I think uh, my favourite's a bit of a cheat. It's uh, it's actually from real life, a real army line. I love this. I remember seeing at a chat show and another one of my eighties heroes. I doubt Carlo like this guy, uh John Claude Van Damme oh was my on God. it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> P- please please don't please don't end the pod, lads. Jean-Claude
1: Van Damme is the star of the worst movie I've ever seen, which is Street Fighter, which is an absolute abomination of a movie. But oh, that say, is, chuck that that
2: that is shock, shockingly bad, shockingly yeah. bad. To be fair, I only like, I think it's only two two Jean-Claude Van Damme films, uh, Bloodsport and Kickboxer. Yeah, they are pleasures. quite good in fairness. Yeah, they're not, they're not bad. Yeah. Um, well, he said, he basically he said when he came to America, being European and wanting to be an action star, it was his his ambition to be as big as Arnold Schwarzenegger was. And he said, like, I think he'd made a film and was just starting to make some inroads in Hollywood. And he said he was walking down somewhere in Hollywood, one of the streets there, and he saw uh, Arnie. And obviously they didn't know each other, but he just thought, I've got to say something to him. And he said, he just shouted to Arnie, one day I'm going to be as big a star as you. And he said, Arnie didn't even stop walking. He just turned his head and said, one day, why not every day? And carried um, on walking. And I just thought that was brilliant and just that sort of good. captured the sort of his, how quick Arnie is, essentially. But uh, like... I'll leave my Arnie obsession for a while. And... <laughs> 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 That's not bad, now, to be fair. That isn't bad. It, it is a good line, isn't it? Yeah. So just to, to start with, then I suppose, um, obviously, this film and the Terminator franchise uh, began. With uh, James Cameron, and he wrote and directed this as well as the first one. Are you a fan of his work, Sash? I'm
1: not. I'm not really one of these people who kind of knows the director, if you know what I mean. I don't follow mm-hmm. directors, and I don't. I also, I've probably seen a million films where I have no idea who the director is. So sure. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a big James Cameron fan. I actually had to go through kind of Wikipedia list to check which films he'd done when I sort of saw the mm-hmm. question for this. And um, I mean, obviously Alien aliens is great i love both terminate films obviously and true lies i, I am fascinated carl's take on this because i i think i like true lies i haven't seen it in about 10 years but i remember enjoying it the last time i saw it but i think it's one of those films where if i watch now i would think it's utter shit but i didn't enjoy it <laughs> the time and i'm very proud of the fact i've never seen titanic which he obviously did as well i've never Thank never yeah. seen it not seen a second of it i'm very
2: proud of that neither of you have seen that one no no never yeah. What, what about you then, Carl, in terms of Cameron in general? And if you can include True Lies, because we're both eager to hear uh, what, what your thoughts are.
0: Just, just, it's just an astonishing line. To be honest, it's got the most... Right, I don't really use this reference, but it's got the most pedophile line in it of any film I've ever seen in my life. And they <laughs> cut it when it was on ITV recently. They cut the line. It's when Schwarzenegger is sat in the car with his mate yeah, and they're talking about some and it's and he's meant talking about so many fancies. Oh no, actually, I think it's the bloke who actually ends up going at going, you know, trying to get off with Jamie Curtis, and he says, uh, and and he's and he's telling him, you know out know, great shoes and stuff, and obviously the dramatic irony being that you know it's his wife etc. And he says, oh, uh, he's got an ass like a ten-year-old boy, like it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can remember that
0: now. Yeah, shocking line. Absolutely That's shocking. really bad. And they, they cut it, and uh, I saw it on television and and years ago, and they cut, it, they cut that line. But it's just weird. For a, for a start, Tia Carrera is probably the worst actress I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> She's um, got to be up there. She moved from Wayne's World to a completely different character while using the same acting skills. She's absolutely awful. But I watch it, but I like it. I watch it, and when I watched Terminator the other day, I... um. I noticed something like a little motif that which Cameron does. He, he does like the shining lights, um, lights through uh, tall buildings, because he does that in *True Lies* as well. Good it's manic when he, when he, when he's in, you know, in one of those most ridiculous things. I'm not, so I'm not really a fan as such, but I, I love *Terminator* too, obviously. But I wouldn't say he's, he's more of a. I think it's a difference between movies and films. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think was just suddenly watch down. I think I I'll I'll sit down. I think I'll watch ten minutes of this. But and then realise that you you know an hour later it's it's a, it's you know it's more of a roller coaster and sort of that's going to make you think it just sort of washes over a bit and he's good at that sort of thing and uh, I'm I'm also going to contest Sash's point of view that uh, Street Fighter is the worst film he's ever seen. No, what did you say about Sash? Yeah, I said Street Fighter say... is the worst. Film. Yeah, worst film I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh,
1: I'm
0: so. gonna. Um, and this this is not the time to talk about this, but I'm just going to trump that by saying the word sliding doors. Yeah, I'm not that, saying so I'm, I'm not that, that, sliding that, doors. That's got to be up there for me that's the worst thing i've ever seen in my life but let's not talk about that
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think think, uh, the worst one i've ever seen there's a film called hidalgo i don't know if either of you've seen it with vigo mortensen oh it's shocking and it was just after he'd done the lord of the rings film so like he was on the brink of real massive stardom i think and he did that and it's just awful it's about this desert race and it was so bad you know, you know
1: something. I've just remembered. It's not the. Worst. I, I, I still think Street Fighter is the worst one i have ever seen. But the only film I've walked out of the cinema uh, while watching in disgust is an Arnie film. I just God. remember this, and it's Junior when he was pregnant. <laughs> Which, if, I, if I'm, that's a sequel, I, to a that. I think sequels are twins, isn't it? And I remember I was at he... school. It was the last day of the Christmas. It was the last day before Christmas holidays, and we had nothing to do. Like you know, when you have a half day before yeah. your Christmas holidays start. And we were like, let's go to the cinema. So three of us went, and that was the only thing which looked worth watching. And it was so terrible. I think three quarters of the way through or halfway through, we just went, This is, let's go, this is terrible. But I still think Street Fighter's the worst film I've ever seen.
2: Now, as I say, I'm a massive Arnie fan. And even I'm disgusted that you paid money to see that, Sash. Yeah, it was That's bad. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger pregnant? It's a, it's mental. <laughs> Absolutely mental. <menacing. laughs> I think that was he, he went through this phase where he decided that he wanted to break into politics, so he started like uh, trying to do family-friendly movies, and mm. uh, that that it's at that point that I stopped. Watching his films, basically, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Some he's
0: trying, he's trying comedy with, with, with um fairly wooden acting skills.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. Not an easy thing right. to do, and he didn't do it. Yeah, spot on, spot on.
2: Back to the Cameron point, I suppose. What I'd I'd say he's one of my favourite directors, definitely in action films, action-stroke sci-fi, yeah. but obviously. He hasn't done that many films, to be fair, considering how long he's been about. He tends to spread them out. But I think at his best, what he tends to do, I think, is he gets a really nice blend between action with with some intelligence normally. I know True Lies doesn't have as much as that. But with some intelligence and with interesting characters who you can sort of, as much as you can in an action film, you can believe in and you can sort of, you know, find intelligence essentially i'd say so i think of those type of directors he's probably got the best balance between like special effects and blockbuster stuff while still giving you a good story and characters yeah but but i think you're right with what you say about different between movie and film They're definitely movies aren't they? Cameron films, yeah. the camera camera films that rather than purely films just gonna go now just uh, obviously taking you back to when this first came out um, had you seen the previous Terminator before you'd seen this or so, and I'll start with the uh, Carl on this one.
0: Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um I saw it in uh, I think it was maybe a year after it came out. Was it eighty four the first one?
2: I think it was, yeah.
0: Yeah, something like that. So yeah, I well, so I saw it the last year at school or the fourth year or something. Around my mate's house. And we're, we're gonna come to this in a minute, but I I like the fact that he does genuinely in the first one, he does genuinely look, look like you know, a, a, a villain, and I think that worked really well for that. And this is sort of, you know, a few years after Blade Runner, which has got sort of similar things, you know, some of the themes to it. And I was a massive fan of the first film because I, I, I like the fact that it is in, just incredibly dark, and uh, I, I, th- I th- thought that worked really well. Because there's, a there's, a I always bang on about this because it, these days, if you put a film out. There's so many focus that it goes to once it leaves the studio that, you know, it just gets sanitized, sanitized until there's a happy ending. And, and Terminator wasn't really like that. It was just a sort of, you know, those people are dead. You know, it's absolutely brutal.
1: So I, should... I had not seen it. No, oddly, though, I think I knew what had happened and I knew the whole context yeah. of Terminator 1 going into Terminator 2, although I hadn't seen it. I agree with Carl, actually. I, I remember seeing it in a, you know, a couple of years or maybe a year after seeing Terminator 2 and loved it. Because of how brutal it was and how dark it was, yep. and I would say you'd almost class it more as a horror film than a sci-fi film. Yep. I thought it was properly terrifying. I thought he was. I think he does a better bad terminator than a good terminator. He was. He was sensational in that, and it's a lot darker. And obviously, because the budget was less, uh, was lower, it was it was less slick. And I think mm-hmm. I think it lends itself to be a better film. But I haven't seen it in years, and I mean, I will aim to watch that
0: in the first film, he's more. Uh, he seems more human, as in you know he's got. You know he's actually. If you look at the stills of it now, he's got like you know real skin, where mm-hmm. he, in the second film he just look more robotic, and you know he maybe he's acting slightly better. I don't know, but he looks more human, and that makes it sort of slightly more balanced in some ways. Yeah. so you know, yeah, it's, not but... like, it's not like it's not like Robocop or anything like that, but um.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think I think it is more horror than such as right. I think I think the first one is more of a horror f- than you know the the roller coaster ride that is Terminator Two. Yeah,
2: totally, totally agree. And I think you've both made a great point as well, I think, about the lower budget made it more gritty and it looked, the the second one I love, obviously, and it's really slick, but this one was more gritty and, and in some ways almost more real for that because, you know, everywhere they went looked because it was lived in, you know, it looked, you know, real places and, you know, real, if if a street was really dirty, it probably was just like that already, you know, everything sort of had Mm. that sort of, or offensive quality. Um, on, On the making of that, just something I, I think you both, both like this quote. You may have heard it already. Forgive me if I uh, get the, the writer wrong. I think it was Harlan Ellison. The writer, he'd done some st- short stories, I think it was, or, or books with with a similar theme to, to the Terminator. And he, he's got quite a famous quote on it. He said, he went to cinema and he said, I watched the film. I absolutely loved it. And he said they came out of the cinema and phoned me lawyer <laughs> straight away, <laughs> and they had to. They ended up having to give him a, a credit on that first film, and I'm sure right. a, a, a nice handsome sum as well. Moving on to Terminator Two itself, can you remember when and where you first saw it, and obviously what your initial reaction to to it was, Sash?
1: Well, I was I was ten when it came out, so I couldn't go to the cinema. Mm-hmm. It was a fifteen, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, so I didn't see it in the cinema. I presume, because I don't remember exactly. I presume my mum got it out of our local Variety Video store, which kids kids will a, will certainly not know what Variety Video is, and they may <laughs> not even know what video stores are. But yeah, she uh, i presume that uh, she. She regularly did during those uh, years. She would have got it out on the on tape for me, so I probably watched it in my living room. I think, and yeah, absolutely loved it. What about you, Carl?
0: I was slightly older. I just finished university, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I think I saw it while I was at university in in, in Greenwich. And it's something we to come on to this, but I loved it. Absolutely loved the film. But I did. I was very very disappointed that he was a good Terminator. I can I can remember sitting there thinking. Oh, no, no, I want the original, I want him to be bad as he was in the first one, and, and part of me did think, you know, does he not want to be seen as you know, the bad guy anymore? Did you I not like that
1: twist, that. though? Did you not like that as a twist, the fact he was good?
0: You know? Yeah, I did, I did, I thought, oh, that's, good. I like the fact it's clever, but I thought, oh, you know, it's. he yeah. obviously doesn't want the reputation as being, you know, just playing baddies all the time, and now, you know, yeah. but, you know, at least he's not doing comedy. So there's always that.
2: There's always <laughs> yeah. Small mercies, uh, yeah. Well, funnily enough, I was going to mention this later, but uh, I, I can imagine the reaction of you two to this because even I thought it was shocking. On the deleted scenes on the DVD, there the was the odd more comedic bit that well, was I've just painfully it. bad. Oh, have yeah. you seen it? Have you seen it? Yeah. The smile. Good oh. lord. Criminal. Basically, uh, if you, if if anyone listening doesn't know, John Connor tries to teach him how to smile, and uh, the result is like this really strange looking smile. But obviously, it's meant to be funny. But it's just not right for a Terminator film, is it? <laughs> he's
0: got he's he's gone back to his twins comedy acting.
2: Yeah, yeah, very much so. Well, the other thing I was going to say about that is um, we. Used, but I think I think you may have to an extent touched on this then. We we is both because I don't know whether you know at the time. I think the trailer spoiled the twist. Did you yeah, both? I was,
1: I, I was going to come on to this. I, sorry, cutting across you, but I no, yeah, obviously all. did a bit. Of, I did a bit of reading film before we came on to record this, mm-hmm. and because I didn't know at the time, obviously I was so young. But yeah, I find this absolutely fascinating. The trailer, uh, which is extraordinary, actually, if you saw, I uh, watched the original trailer, it's about three and a half minutes long, and it's amazing to think that came out in 1991 because the trailer itself is really slick. Mm-hmm. But it's it's incredible, isn't it? Because it totally gives away the film, yeah. which is fine had James Cameron not worked so meticulously to make it not sure. clear who was the good and who was the <laughs> bad Terminator at the start of the film. And I didn't realise, because I think I went into the cinema, not in the cinema, obviously watched it on video, but I, I watched it on video uh, knowing Arnie was the good Terminator. And I don't know how I knew that. I probably knew it, obviously, because it was on video, so the film had been out for a while. But I didn't realise until reading this article and then thinking about the film again that Cameron had been really careful not to make it obvious that he was the good Terminator. And you don't know until the mall scene, I think, if I'm right, that yep. he's the he's the good yeah. Terminator. So, yeah, that's extraordinary that that happened. Absolutely remarkable that the trailer gave it away.
2: Funnily enough, that's quite a big uh, current thing at the moment as well. There's a bit of a controversy at the minute with directors unhappy. And the latest Terminator has done it again in the adverts. True. And apparently the, the director's not happy, but essentially I think the money men control that element. So it's beyond the director's control. It must be so uh, frustrating if you work so hard on something to, to, cause you, you only get that once, that buzz of being unspoiled, don't you? And for an advert or a trailer to spoil it is, is horrible, isn't it?
1: I mean a tagline yeah. is something like isn't it he uh, this time he's back dot 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 for good, which absolutely obliterates the oh. you know what what Cameron did to initially
2: setting the film up. I find that extraordinary yeah it's especially with someone like Cameron because he's so such a control and figure and so powerful, but I suppose once you I think it was about two hundred million dollars or something it cost, I suppose the bigger the cost. The less control over that type of thing the director yeah. must have, but it must be so annoying. I'm just now going to look at start looking a bit more at the individual characters within the film. So the first one, I suppose, is the addition of the T1000. What did you both think of that and Robert Patrick's performance? Uh, I'll start with Carl on this one, please.
0: He was great. He was really good. He was, a re- he was a he was an excellent Terminator just because he was you know completely without emotion, and I also like him because the, the blokes in The Sopranos later on. So I'm happy with that, uh, which which i would actually forgotten until I saw it the other day. Um, he's David Scatino in the Sopranos series uh-huh. two, and uh, yeah, he's the man who runs the post store. Uh, sorry, the post, the uh, the the shopping, Oh yeah, the, he the is. He's, the,
2: the, the, he's got the sports wear yeah. right? Yeah,
0: Keep and he goes to that. the um, he goes to the uh, executive game, and Tony absolutely laces him. But I, th- I thought he was really good. He was just—I like the fact that I've I, I just read actually that he he model he, he sort of took sort of hints off like a, you know American Eagles the way they sort of they oscillate their head oh, when when you know when, when they're looking around the thing you know just things like you know when he when he goes up to the uh, the policeman on the on the uh, the motorbike and he says yeah. say that's a nice that's a nice bike and it's, it's just it's it's beautifully sinister it's a bit cartoon but, but you know he's not really doing much but uh, I think that's quite easy to get wrong I thought he was really good and I also like the fact that at the time I didn't know who he was he wasn't yeah. a name and I think that made it slightly better actually because I was still madly appalled at Schwarzenegger being good so I quite liked it for that
1: What about you Sash? Yeah I thought he was excellent I think it was, it's crucial as well that he's very scrawny because the contrast with obviously Schwarzenegger who's just a big lump of meat and then you've got this guy who's who's half his weight half his size but is you know more powerful and, and that and that then lent itself to the technology because obviously he is the the more supreme model. He's liquid metal, and it allowed that element of him to shine to show that this is what makes him so great because he's got he's got these sort of powers, these advanced powers. And um, it's interesting though watching the film again on uh, on Saturday how how little he speaks. I mean, his scripts must be one of the smallest scripts in movie history. He's got very few lines, and okay. also I read today as well that he's he's actually sort of, he's in half the scenes or maybe a few more than that, and and the rest is CGI. So it has to be one of the easiest gigs in the world. He barely yeah. says anything, and he's in half the film or three quarters of the film. But I agree with Carl. I thought he was he was fantastic, and I, I agree as well. I think the fact he wasn't a name is great because you're not looking at him going, "Oh, that's the fella from what's you know whatever." You're thinking, "Oh, this is just some robot from
0: the future." And uh, no, I thought he was brilliant. But he's also in um, Wayne's World too. Is he. Yeah, they re, they reenact it because um because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah scarf yeah, yeah, excuse me, have you seen this? Have you seen this child? And they screen camera. That's so, true.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant! My... I'd forgot about that. I was just gonna say uh, alongside that, I totally agree with what you both say. It was so refreshing that it was this unknown because it really adds into the fact that you're not, you know, sometimes you can know too much about an actor or whatnot. And on the point that Sash made about him the scenes he was in and not in as many as you think and stuff like that. I'm a big fan, uh, understandably of the first Terminator. And I love Michael Bean who plays Kyle Reese in it. I also really like him in Tombstone and Aliens. I think he should have been a superstar. I'm not sure. I think uh, bad career choices maybe stopped that happening, but I think he should have been a superstar. And he said it's quite frustrating and annoying for him. Like um, he often does, you know, fan expos and things like that or meeting fans on the street and all they want to talk about is Arnie but he said ironically he hardly worked with Arnie because most of his scenes were with the, yeah. the robot you know what I mean, yeah. the robot yeah, version true, yeah. rather than the Arnie version, you don't realise unless you're obviously working films or you think deeply I, I it never occurred to me that you just assume mm-hmm. he's working with Arnie but yet it, it was a robot so much of it yeah, mm-hmm. um, going back to the actual contrast between the two, it, as well. I, I think he's both right. Uh, I totally agree. It, it makes such an impact seeing you know, obviously he's invincible almost from the first one, and then you're seeing this guy half his size Throwing him about like a yep. rag ragdoll at, at times. It 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 really it really sells how strong that character is, and also I think uh, the T one one hundred one Arnie's character actually says and that's quite powerful in a way you know he says himself he's a superior model you know it's not up for yeah. debate you know if it's a straight fight he'll win it's sort the of thing I think yeah. the description Cameron himself made was he said he wanted the T1000 to be like a Porsche to Arnie's tank and I think that came through you know you've got Arnie's yeah. bigger and stronger but quite lumbering whereas as he's both touched on I think the T1000 was so sleek and and graceful really i suppose uh, in comparison absolutely yeah. yeah now we're going to move on to uh Linda Hamilton i don't don't know what you guys think but i thought she was she blew me away in this film obviously i haven't seen it in much else them a lot of the things she's done would not be the type of things i would ordinarily watch but i thought she was really impressive and I think she had the most difficult role in the film and really performed it brilliant with the like physical and psychological changes. So, what what do you guys think of her performance and obviously the character herself? Um, I'll start with the uh, Carl, please. On
0: yeah, I thought yeah, I thought she was really good. Yeah, it was. I was thinking about this when I saw it the other day. She's really, the only real character who, who sort of offers emotion really. 'Cause a lot of them are just sort of, you know, well firstly two of them are robots, so you know, <laughs> and, and the kids in it and and it's it's obviously it's it's up to her performance really to sort of bring in the emotion of the, you know, this is gonna happen if this happens. And you know, so she has to sort of it's hard to explain really, but she she basically just carries the story, she carries the jeopardy and the in, in the story, throughout the whole thing. Uh basically we're doing this is this, etc. And 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 I think in the in the hospital she's particularly good, particularly when she tries to persuade um, you know, the doctor that she's actually all right now and stuff and isn't really kidding anyone. Yeah, so I, I thought she had the sort of, she, she sort of almost carries the film, really, on the sort of, from the film side of it, rather than the action side of it. You know, she actually sort of drags the plot along, I thought. I thought she was very, very good in that.
2: Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, uh, What about yourself, Sash?
1: I agree. I think I think she was excellent. Um, it must have been a really draining performance. I don't know if she's done any interviews, or she's probably done loads of interviews post-film, about, the, you know, the effect it had on, as you say, mentally and physically, I mean physically it's a very must have been very draining, but emotionally as well because she's just kind of wrought throughout the entire film she's either angry mm-hmm. or crying or circumspect or, you know, shoving knives into tables and uh, it just, it, it would. I imagine it's very um, it was a very draining experience she's also in what I think is actually one of the most iconic moments in, you know, modern cinema is that moment when she's in the hospital and she's running, she's escaping and then Arnie comes out the lift and she sees yeah, him, that, and she sort of slides on the ground in panic, and her eyes are, you know, wild, and her mouth, like, her jaw drops, and it's a very small scene. But for me, I was watching that again, I just thought, what a brilliant she captured that moment of utter terror and surprise, brilliantly. I thought, um, no, that's just excellent, excellent throughout the film.
0: Because yeah. she's all powerful, isn't she? You know, you know, she's the strong character, she's the strong woman in it. And the second she sees him again, she just totally loses yeah. it.
1: And you can empathise with it because you can imagine if you if you suddenly saw this guy who'd been trying to murder you. Come out yeah. of a lift. I mean, it, you'd just shit your pants, wouldn't you? And I thought she yeah. absolutely, um, she encapsulated that brilliantly.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think that's a very good point. I think what the two of you have made in slightly different ways. She's like, it's really impressive because I think Cameron often writes strong female characters, and I like that her character. She'd done the majority of the work on her own in terms of getting out. You know, which is quite impressive. And as you say, she's, she's sort of become this sort of human weapon, you know, with all the training and the the psychology of her and, you know, the the determination and, you know, almost robotic, you know, as many have said, you know, mirroring the Terminator to a lot of extent. And I think it was so good that because to then see, as Sash says, he'd immediately turn tail and be scared and petrified this. Rock hard woman, you know, who can handle herself really well. It, 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 it sells her intelligence straight away, you know. And if it was a poorer film, she might have put up some sort of fight, but she knew exactly what she was doing and she knew she was no, no match for this Terminator. And also, it, it just showed it, you know, that she had the wisdom to get, try and get away, but also it, how hard it is to get away from something like that.
0: Yeah. I think. I also like the fact that she bollocks the kid. She yeah. bollocks John Connor as well. I really like that scene, because he doesn't deserve it at all. That's, I think that's the best thing about it. He does not deserve that bollock, and he's actually done really, really well. <laughs> yeah. uh, he has got her out of jail yeah. via, via a Terminator. And yeah. uh I see it's <laughs> like he basically slagged them off like he hasn't done his own work. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> that,
2: that was you the other night, weren't it, Carl, when we wanted yeah, you to watch this film? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just joking, but no, that you you're right. That that's a really key scene. I think that, and I think the bit you've touched on there as well, which was a really good moment in that, was where obviously he sort of previously he sort of dismissed her as being crazy to some yeah. extent anyway, and he'd sort of wrote her off as being you know, or at least he was keeping his love for her deep down and he buried it. And obviously when he realized she's telling the truth, he sort that a lot of that comes flooding back. And there's a bit in the car when he escape that you've just touched on there where he, um, where she goes, John, come here. And you see on his eyes, he, he's made up because he thinks she's going to hug him. Yeah. But she actually just checks to see if he's injured. And I think yeah. that's summed up where that character has gone and how, you know, cold-blooded and sort of pragmatic she now is because of what she's gone through I suppose.
0: Work to be done, yeah that, that, that's yeah. the thing about it, there's always something else to be done. Yeah
2: yeah. the, ne- the next mission, the next task you're, you're right. Yeah. I think the other thing I liked about it, and obviously there's a lot of films with a lot of sequels but I liked, for, it is an action film and I know I'll probably sometimes I sound a bit pretentious about it, it is ultimately an action film but what, what I like about it is that her character It's quite that is what would probably happen if you literally had the what you believe was the fate of the whole world on your shoulders. You would either crumble completely or probably go a bit crazy. I would think that, you know, to have that burden on you, you know. So I like that it showed that a lot of a lot of films don't show the psychological toll of, you know, what someone's been through. Well, these type of films anyway. So I think that was good the way it did that.
1: I would suggest that Linda Hamilton is every Liverpool manager post uh, Kenny Dalglish the weight of the world on their shoulders they either go mad <laughs> or they, they become megalomaniac and uh, yeah so she is a uh, she's, uh, she's she's representative of our
2: football club as well brendan said she's got great character <laughs> 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 and the terminators a technician yeah apologies there Uh, the the next thing i wanted to look at i know we've we've mentioned him, is edward fairlong's performance as john connor i don't know what you guys think of that um i'll start with carl on that one
0: well again i think he's got a really really difficult job because i don't know how old he was when he did it but he's again he's carrying the film as well because he's Mm -hmm. there's only two people in the film who are human and they've got to do the emotional stuff because the the good thing about the Terminator is that there's no emotion whatsoever, although there's some bad comedy. But um, <laughs> uh, I I, yeah, I thought he was really, really good. It, it, I mean, looking back at it now, I mean, some of the stuff's a bit cheesy. But he's talking to his step parents and, you know, and, and all, all the, the Bart Simpson, you know, eat me and all that sort of oh, stuff. Yeah, all, yeah all, that, all that's a bit cheesy. And I, I think if, if I have had one complaint about him, and it's, it's a very, very tiny one, it's the fact that he goes from, like, you know, Nelson Mons from The Simpsons to you know just to be in this huge humanitarian in about in about 10 minutes he <laughs> in the first, the first couple of scenes um and, and i liked him then you know his reaction to when his step-parents are killed uh, I thought that was really, really well done. Actually, I think that is my favourite scene. Your step-parents are dead, that one. I think that's my favourite scene. And I, I thought, yeah, it was really good. For, for his age and everything, he does just, he just basically carry the scene and it, it just gets a bit cheesy at times because because he, well, he's a kid in a film, isn't he? So it's always going to be a bit cheesy.
2: Yeah, totally. I think as well, some of the, the lines, like you say, that eat me and stuff, they, they, and even Hasta la Vista, I know a lot of people love yeah. that line. I, yeah. I, I'll be honest, I don't. I, it, it felt to me like, you know, a middle-aged man, Jim Jim Cameron, trying to put into a script so sort of the youth speak. Like, it didn't feel natural to me.
0: It felt a bit happy days, didn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, this is how the young people talk these days, everyone. Yeah. I've yeah. got my finger on the, the love of youth here. I'm fine.
2: Yeah. yeah, that that's how I found it. What about yourself, Sash? Um, well, to say first, I
1: agree with Carl. My favourite scene was the um, your step parents are dead, the Max Wolfie scene. As I know, I <laughs> thought that was uh, that. It was a brilliant scene. I mean, it was so brutal and chilling the way she, you know, the way she killed the, uh, well, the way the T1000 killed the stepfather and the cleverness and the Max and Wolfie thing to figure out what had happened. I thought it was great. Um, I'm not an Edward Furlong fan. I agree. I think he had a very difficult role. And I think the main problem was the script. I think the way he talked was just ridiculous. I mean, I didn't grow up in early 90s Los Angeles, but I'm, I'm, I just don't think there's kids walking around saying, you yeah, know, no problemo and, us yeah. La Vista, and all that stuff. He was just a bit whiny. And I'm, I just cannot believe that this is the man who, in sort of 20, 30 years' time, is uh, the savior of the human race? I'm just not having it. He just does not grow up to be that man, in my opinion. Um, no, so like public I'm enemy. Not f- I'm not
0: a fan. He likes public enemy, Sash.
1: Yeah, I was, <laughs> was going to say his t-shirt is fantastic. The public enemy t-shirt is absolutely brilliant, and that little credit card machine thing he had at the start was pretty cool. But um, yeah. no, no yeah, as I said, I, I agree. I think he had a difficult role. He had an awful script, but I, I just don't think Edward Furlong carried off somebody who uh, who ends up trying to save the human race. I just I just didn't
2: buy it. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I'm probably somewhere in the middle, really. I suppose I think at times he was really impressive, but there were times where I just didn't buy it. But I think that's probably an age thing, and as you both say, a script thing. I think one thing I did like about with the character, but I see I see Carl's point as well about the the dynamic change. You know, this sort of conversion so quickly. But I did like the way, even though it annoys me, the way he was a bit of a knob at times because. Uh, I was a bit of a knob at that age. Uh, Some would say still am, but I liked that as well. He was a bit of a knob, but there was also a compassionate side as well. Yeah, that's enough. So I did like that sort of balance between the two things. Going to look now at uh, probably one of the things it's most memorable for: the special effect. What did you think of those special effects at the time, lads? And also, do do you think they still hold up? Start with Sash on that, please.
1: I think they hold up, absolutely. They are the star of the film. I mean, I I watched it again on Saturday, and I just couldn't believe how current and up-to-date the special effects looked. I mean, just slick as anything. They must have been so ahead of their time back then as well. I mean, I don't know what other sort of action films were doing. Arounds around in 1991 but they must have just blown everything out of the water and
2: That's obviously they,
1: they took the budget from I think he spent six million dollars on Terminator 1 it was about hundred million or plus on on Terminator 2 and you can see where most of the money's gone and there were just some real amazing scenes like the truck coming over the bridge during the mall scene the T-1000 emerging from the flames as part of that same scene you know the opening credits were just sensational the, you know which linked to the apocalyptic nightmare that Sarah Connor has later which is sensational and just other slightly smaller ones where you know where he where the t one thousand blows up into bits. Uh, Shatters, sorry, when Arnie um, I think shoots him near the end And even when Arnie takes his skin off In front of Dyson at his house To prove that he's a robot you know, Just something like that That looks so kind of natural But it's essentially a man Ripping his skin off To show his robot arm It was just It looked seamless And utterly realistic And I just thought Special effects are sensational And at the time They must have just been Absolutely mind-blowing
2: Yeah, completely agree And when you think I mean I think it was just seven years Between the first one and that And Mm. it seems like Seems like, you know, de- absolute decades later in terms of effects. You know, yeah, the yeah. first one does a great job on a budget, but there are a lot of times in the first one where you can see, you know, the type of model work used and stuff like that. It it's still impressively done, but you can sort of see how it's been done. Whereas the second one, obviously I know it's more more modern effects, but it's so so well done, it it, it it blew my mind at the time. What about you, Carl?
0: Yeah, that, it, it, that's actually right. it's a star of the show, isn't it? I mean, that's... Uh, when, I, when I was watching it, There's a times when I was watching it later on and it gets a bit plot-heavy, and I'm thinking, not nothing exploded for a while. Or, you know, <laughs> the, or the other Terminators not been in it for a while, but the the entire you know the, the you know the, the the chase and everything like that it's just you know you, you it, it's every single second is just full up with filled filled with something yeah. just utterly brilliant even even stuff like you know him shooting the lock off the off the uh, the fence as he uh, you know oh, as he goes yeah. through on his bike and stuff like that I thought that was just amazing It was just looked really really good and yeah when it when it came out that's pretty much why I wanted to see it to be honest just because you know it is streets ahead of anything else because don't forget I mean I, I think I watched this in the same cinema as I saw the Is it the fourth? Is is there a fourth um, Nightmare on Elm Street scene um, film? Um, I think think it's the third or fourth one, which came out about 1989, 1990, something like that. And in terms of special effects, it was just awful. It was people with rubber arms and stuff like that. (laughs) And to go from that to that was like, well, well, hello. You know, this is the the main thing here. And the reason I like the film is because, I find with a lot of films these days, it's either story or special effects. It's very rare that yeah. you get both, and, yeah. uh, and and this is certainly one. And to say that, you know, that was, you know, what, 20 years ago. That was just, that's just, I think, it just looks great today. It just looks really, really good. Yeah. And there's lo- there's loads of heart in it and stuff. And, uh, and obviously, it, it's, it's got a man walking through, uh, you know, sort of iron bars and stuff like that. And <laughs> that's, that still looks good.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention that all the liquid metal scenes, you know, where he he turns into something or he moves through bars. I mean, each yeah. and every one are absolutely amazing. I mean, I think the favourite is is when he he becomes the uh, security guard at the at the hospital. Uh, I don't know if that is that Carl is that the security guard? I'm not, I'm not sure that one the one you're referring to. And then they're looking at each other, you know, and he's just gone to get the coffee and the, and he turns around and yeah. he he's facing himself. I mean, that scene is just
0: No, the the other Carl's at the uh, at the institute when uh, when oh, the doctor yeah. tries to get him in. Oh yes, and he's yeah, having it.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, great. Yeah, no, yeah. couldn't agree more. The special effects to me were like, I think the two that stick out in my lifetime were the first Jurassic Park and this. I felt like I'd never seen anything like it before and it really paved the way for future films and I think Carl made a great point. It, now it seems to be effects or story and I think that had a nice blend between the two i think if i had to say my favorite bit effects effects type scene or part of it i think it was the liquid nitrogen and
0: yeah that's an
2: explosion and coming back together that was brilliant
1: that's excellent
2: would you mention in as well sash um you know the the scene with the security guard in the institution you know that was a twin you know, yeah. guys
1: <laughs> My but, wife told me this, yeah. She told yeah. me after the film that they, they're twin brothers, which is. Um,
2: yeah, very cool. It, it's cool, And I mean, he also, Linda Hamilton's twin was in it as well yeah. later on.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the scene d- at the end, isn't it? Where yeah. John Connors facing two, two of her, isn't he? And uh, yeah, that, that, they're, they're twins as well. It's brilliant. Now,
2: how, how weird would that be? <laughs> Having your twin be world well famous and you're identical? And you're not famous at all. She so must be stopped every single day yeah. Yeah. as somebody else.
0: Yeah. How annoying I'm, would that be? I'm guessing not the bloke in the hospital though. I don't think he's stopped very often.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you're the guy uh, who got coffee out in Terminator
2: Two. Come on now. He, <laughs> he was coffee, also man. in Gremlins Two as well. Give him, give him his credit. Oh, fair
0: enough, yeah. <laughs> You've seen a lot of great films, haven't you, mate?
2: <laughs> I'm really, really selling myself as a into into the writer, uh, you know, French New Wave and all that. I'm a, yeah. i think I'm I, I'm I'm probably giving a bad impression here, aren't I?
0: You're a big uh, fan of the authors. Thanks <laughs> for <laughs> <me> the Coonies. <laughs>
2: hey, it's on the list, mate. It's on the list. Oh, that is, yeah.
0: Take that but, first.
2: I'm trying to be I'd say I've got eclectic taste but it does tend to be more towards this end of the spectrum in general but uh, in my defence I'd say it's quite eclectic (laughs) but um, just now I know we've touched on some of them anyway but just going to look at some of the key scenes and what your thoughts were. Obviously, there's a lot of memorable scenes in the film, but just want to discuss a few of the key ones, really. Obviously, it's not really a scene. I suppose it's a sequence. I don't know whether you'd agree. I think the start of the film to the sort of chase from the mall I would say that's, I'm uh, friend, funnily enough, I was speaking to the other day, I'd probably agree. It's one of the best starts to a film, definitely a, a, an action film I've ever seen. I don't know what you guys think.
1: Yeah, no, no, I agree. And I think the interesting thing is it would be great to watch it not knowing that Arnie's the good Terminator and uh, yeah. and then you've got the T-1000 who's the bad Terminator. I think it'd be fantastic to watch that not knowing that. But yeah, no, I mean, the mall scene, you know, is you know, which is a kind of the, the big meat, is, is brilliant. And as I said, it leads to that. You know, a fantastic moment of the the truck coming over the bridge and Arnie, you know, and Arnie sort of rescuing John O'Connor and then the truck blowing up and then T-1000 coming through the flames, which I thought was brilliant. One thing on that, watching it again the weekend, is there's a bit in that chase after the mall where T-1000's truck hits the back wheel of John O'Connor's bike before Arnie rescues him. He could easily have run him over then. He could have absolutely wiped him out. I mean, I know it's only a minor thing, but he he could have taken him out. Just you know, if he hit the pedal, like if he just sort of pushed his foot on the pedal a little bit harder, he would have run him over. So I'm just chucking him that to be a curmudgeon.
2: But you, you sound gutted, Sash. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not a John O'Connor
1: fan as I just pointed out, so that was his moment to wipe him out and he didn't take it, sadly.
0: <laughs> the film would have lasted eighteen minutes. Yeah.
1: But what an eighteen minutes <laughs> it would have been,
0: You've also, I think you've also just wiped out the first film completely <laughs> yeah. Not <by> doing that.
2: <laughs> yeah, good point, good point. You, you've ended the time loop, Sash. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm glad he didn't run him over anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's quite integral to the plot. We, we'd like oh, to keep yeah. him in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Michael, some would say some he's essential. essential. <laughs> some would say he's essential. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be a totally different film without him. We'd just be watching yeah. Terminators go about their business, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what 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 about you, Carl? About that that whole scene and essentially from the start up, up, up to the chase.
0: It's yeah, I mean, it's it's just non-stop, isn't it? And I think that's the, that's the that's the best thing for cuz straight away you've got two terminators, which is already confusing. Um, mm. um, you've got a brattish kid, and if you don't like him, there's a fair chance he's going to be killed, as, as Sash seems to want to. <laughs> but yeah, it's just sort of, you're, you're just sort of straight in. And if anything, the film has to pause to put some story in after a while. Yeah. You know, when when, when they have to slow it right down when, you know, when, when Linda Hamilton's in the car and stuff. And a sort of like, almost looking at the audience to say, right, okay, well, this is what this is about, by the way. It's not just, we're not just going to, because I was thinking when I said the other day, what what do they do? Do they just drive around and hope he gets tired? So because it, it's that sort of explosive, and, and 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 I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the literature version of that is the opening of Brighton Rock by Graham Reed. It starts off with, with a sort of you're straight into the action straight away, and it takes a while before it actually slows down and gets a story going. Mm-hmm. It's like it's, it's it's like you know really high on jeopardy and stuff, and yeah. and yeah, I thought it was brilliant straight away because you know if you are looking forward to the film coming out, you've heard about the effects, well it delivers pretty much immediately. Actually, it does it. It does deliver immediately, doesn't it? It's straight away.
2: Can I just say, Carl? I don't think you've realised what type of show you're on. I like references to things like Gremlins too and Bloodsport, things like that. Uh, I'll, I'll, no, no Brighton Rock on this. Only messing, mate. Uh, no, I, I, I haven't seen that or read that, so that's something I'll have to look up.
0: Do say there's there's fewer car chases in it.
2: Fewer robots
0: as well, hardly any. Hardly any robots at all.
2: Oh, I'm not not watching it then. You you had you had me intrigued until you said that.
0: Oh no, it's set in the past. Can you imagine that? No,
2: no, no. I'm I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) No, I'll I'll look into that. Sounds interesting. I was just going to say now. You know, you touched on another good point there. You know about pausing for breath. I think that's something Cameron does really well. I think don't get me wrong. Some films, like I'd say, the new Mad Max probably does this. Some films can have a be a, essentially one long thrill ride, and I can't wait. Mad Max is brilliant, in, in my opinion. But I like that what Cameron does really well. I think is he has sort of these really breakneck adrenaline pumping, you know, twenty minutes, but then he will give you five minutes or ten minutes where. Get your breath back, but also get to know the characters a bit more. And I think because well, of that, when the next chase or the next set piece happens, it means matters so more or it feels like it does anyway when you're watching it. And I think it gets a nice balance between those things, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that makes a crucial difference to the film because you, you've got to have your quiet time, really. Yeah. You know, ultimately, it is a story. It's not just people chasing people for two hours.
2: Yeah, no, good point there, good point. What about the uh, hospital breakout scene? The first thing I'll say about that is... uh I don't think I agree, I having worked in the NHS in the past with some of their practices, you know, that one where, where she's lying on the bed and he licks her face, uh, yeah. not, not my type of, uh, not, not a place you'd want to stay, is
1: it? I mean, I, personally, I thought that was, that's arguably the, the highlight of the film, if you want to talk about individual scenes, uh, the psychiatric hospital scene, and there's a real sparseness to it as well. Something else I noticed watching the film again is there's very little music in the film, very little mm-hmm. soundtrack. It's a very, almost quite silent film beyond the dialogue. And there's very little little background music in in that entire, you know, in that entire in in that entire scene. It's also sparse in terms of color. You know, it's basically the whole backdrop is white because of obviously the nature of it, Mm -hmm. and that allows the characters to shine a bit more as well. And there's just so much happens, as you say, going right from the uh, the face licking scene till you know from the moment she's you know beats the crap out of him with the broomstick to the entire uh, sort of her taking the doctor hostage to the Terminators getting involved. And as I said, that iconic moment where she sees him for the first time and and then the lift scene where they're trying to dodge him all the way through to escaping fantastic. in a car. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's just every element of it is absolutely fantastic, I think.
0: That's up to my favourite bits, just because, you know, it, it's, it's great watching people escape only to find another locked door, how they're going to get through that, they're going to do it again, etc. If I had one tiny bit of disappointment about that, it probably is the face-licking scene, because it just implied that... Th- She's not just in a psychiatric hospital, she's in an evil psychiatric hospital yeah. where everyone's against her and stuff like that. I thought, well, I'm fairly sure hospitals aren't like that. They've got to do it to some extent because ultimately they've got to, you know, you don't want innocent doctors being killed, yeah. although that happens later on. Yeah, but, I um, I mean, yeah, yeah. But I, I just thought, well, why does it have to be evil? It's actually more interesting if, like, you know, they don't want them to be, you know, hurt or... But no, and you know, and so it, 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 it's obvious why it's there, obviously, because so the bloke who licks her face, she, she absolutely kicks the shit out of him later on and yeah, you know so that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a hooray moment but you know but i just thought there's, there's no need for that it's a bit lazy that i thought I
1: say yeah so that's a really good way of looking at it i think i, I think it's it's a very cheap thing to say you know yeah she's a, she's a, she's a good guy if you like um, but that doesn't mean she necessarily needs to be surrounded by bad people you know that scene would be more complex yeah, if they, all the were time, all, yeah if they were more moral and obviously there was a, there was a bad guy coming anyway so you don't need to fill that scene with bad people so no i think that's
2: a really good way to look at that scene yeah it's a very good point i agree it, it, it is purely so these are the bad guys so so that nobody's sitting there going i can't believe she's knocked hell out of you know the these doctors and nurses they, they've they've painted them as the bad guys and i yeah i totally get what you're saying it they could it probably in some ways be more interesting if they were just normal people doing the job understandably yeah. not believing this outlandish story i think Before we even get into the hospital, one of the things I really liked was where, obviously, Arnie, Arnie, uh, the Terminator's been told by John Connor to, um, essentially, he can't kill anyone, hasn't he? And I like the the sort of robotic pragmatism of just shooting a guard in the leg and saying he'll live, you know? Yeah. I I, I thought that was really well done. It's like, okay, can't kill anyone, but I'm still a Terminator. I'm still going to shoot them, you know? I I, I really like that bit. And I like the fact that you had these three, obviously four of you include John, these four key characters in play at the same time, in the one place, all moving about. And I think Cameron did a really good job of, you know, keeping track of each character so that you you could feel the tension build as they were coming towards each other. Yeah, I agree with that. The next one I want to look at um, is probably the the Dyson house scene. I don't know what, what your thoughts on this. I think I really liked it because it um, it showed that it was sort of the culmination of Sarah Connor's ruthless streak that she's developed battling against the humanity still within her. And it was really interesting to see how that played out. I don't know what you guys thought. Uh, I'll start with uh, Carl on that one.
0: Well, well, he's had better nights, hasn't he? Poor old... <laughs> <laughs>
2: De- definitely when when you're doing a bit of work at home, you know yeah. he's already got his kid with his remote controlled car doing his head in, yeah. and then yeah, it's the last thing you need
0: yeah there's there's someone not not at the door as such, but and they but they want a word, and basically you've destroyed mankind <laughs> it's simple, simple as that, yeah, he took it quite well, considering he took it a bit too well, I thought <laughs> I like the fact he doesn't doubt it. Straight up, mind you, there, there is a six-foot robot in the room with him, I suppose, so that's probably a bit of, bit of a giveaway. <laughs> but no, I, th- I thought that as well. I mean, what, what I found strange thinking about her from Sarah Connor's point of view was, what happens when he basically says, yeah, do you know what? Let, let's not do this then. Let, let, let Yeah, I'll tell you what. No, let, let's destroy all that sort of stuff. My first thought when, when I saw that scene was, what's she thinking there? It's sort of, okay, well, they're going to do that. That's great. So what do you do now to, you know, get a job somewhere and, you know, get back on with the <laughs> What happens then? Because surely her entire life was just built around stopping this man doing this one thing that he doesn't know he's going to do or how dangerous it is. So I thought that was an really interesting thing. So she can be sort of, obviously she's got to be fierce because, you know, of who she is. But what happens when she's achieved their goal? Is she still fierce? I didn't really go into it after that, but the, this is the difference between it being a movie and, and a film, you know. It's that, <laughs> it'd be quite... can get, I, can get Brighton Rock. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Definitely not, definitely not. I imagine it'd be quite boring. You've had yeah, this got, mission yeah. all your life. Everything's been about it, and I then it
0: back to just, yeah. A bit,
2: you know what it reminds me of? What what you've just said there? A bit like when uh, John Rambo came back from Nam, and he's like, you know, in the past I I was flying helicopters, and you know I was elite elite soldier, and they're talking about him getting a job washing cars and stuff. And I suppose yeah, it'd be yeah. the same, isn't it? It's yeah. like the mother of the future of mankind, and as you say, she's now. Working in Walmart, or
1: but she would have had uh, she would have had USA ninety four coming up, you know. Yes, yeah, something, so something to look forward to. Take the World Cup in, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Every <was> cloud.
0: <laughs> what, was your, what was your last job, Sarah? Well, this is a bit. <laughs>
2: Funnily enough, though, if you think about it, that was her job in the first one. She was a waitress, wasn't she? And I yep. think yeah. Big Baps or something it was called, you know. That. So she, she's she's had one hell of a journey.
0: Yeah, and so is, he, so, so is poor old Dyson.
2: Oh. He
0: just, wait, just all, Basically, he's just destroyed his entire life's work. I mean, talk about guilt. Jesus. Yeah. Hell of a uh, night. <laughs> yeah. It,
2: it, it was a bad night, as you say. Bad night yeah. at the office with him, like... Yeah. What about you, Sash? What did you make of uh, that, that that whole scene in the house? I agree with you. I think it's
1: quite a crucial scene because in a way it's it kind of, you know, it links to the moral centre of the film, which is this point that human life is precious and we shouldn't devalue. I mean, I think the last line of the film, you know, a, uh, Sarah Collins has a monologue in the very, very last scene of the film. She talks about the value of human life and, and that scene, because obviously the obvious thing to do in that mm-hmm. scene is to go in and kill him and just, just, Basically, save humanity, but in a sense, he is humanity. He is the very thing she's trying to save. You know, he's a dad, he's a husband, and she realizes she can't kill him. So I think that's quite a significant scene to show that, as you know, we all say she's fierce and she's hard nosed, but she also recognizes the point, which is, you know, that's something too sort of uh, soppy about it that, you know, you've got to sort of look out for your fellow man. And she just can't sort of pull the trigger on him in that scene. So I think it's quite significant in that sense. You know, we'll talk about it later perhaps, but. For me, generally, that whole kind of moral element of film didn't really work particularly well for reasons perhaps linked to the script and the acting perhaps, Mm -hmm. but that whole sense that actually this isn't an action film, it's a film about humanity and about man loving man and woman loving woman didn't really, I didn't really take that, I just took it to be a brilliant action sci-fi movie with robots and man coming together and a great concept, but if you, you know, if you do want to reference the, you know, the morality of the film, I think that scene's crucial.
2: I see what you're saying, and I, th- I think sometimes with these films, it's it's almost like a, 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 for me anyway, it's like a choice. Do I do I buy into this element of the film? And I, I can see. I think because I I love the film and the first one so much, I think I'm probably quite easily seduced into sort of buying into those elements. But I can see where somebody else might, you know. Some of it might seem a bit, I don't know, trite maybe. So, no, I totally see where you're coming from. We're now going to look at, essentially, the end of the film, the, the Cyberdyne breaking onto the chase of the fairness. Um, I'll start with you on this one, uh, Carl. Um, what are your thoughts on this?
0: The best thing I thought about that whole thing is the fact that Dyson dies. I thought... <laughs> I thought, I thought I don't mean Sasha's
1: made not. up now. Yeah, no, I like Dyson. I'm a Dyson fan. <laughs> He's a good man, Dyson.
0: Yeah, family man. <laughs> you did want John Connor to be killed as early oh, yeah. as 15, yeah, did, yeah. I'm not a Connor fan like films where you just think well he's a goodie, he's now with the goodies and now he's going to be now he's going to be okay and Cameron kills him I thought that was a really really realistic thing I mean just to, again talking about his bad night he had no <laughs> idea it was going to end there uh, yeah. he's got a detonator you know and People putting guns at him. Tell you one thing I've discovered, actually, about this scene. You know when the, the policemen, well, whatever they are, they, they go in and they, they put the gun to him mm-hmm. and they sort of crawl up on him. Do you know who the middle one is, the ball bloke? I do. I do. I
2: was going to say that. You stole oh, my I don't thunder know. Car. Who is it?
0: It's Hank from Breaking Bad. Brilliant. Uh, is his name Hank? I think I've got that right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: No, brilliant. Well, good, go. good. I, I, I couldn't believe that when I found that out. I found out another one. I think this was on Twitter with the same guy. I don't know. Have had? Have you seen uh, Total Recall? Yeah. Do you remember? Not for a while. Not for a while. There's a guy called Tony who was sort of on Mars, one of the deformed face guys in the bar with the girl with the three boobs. Well, that's Hank as well. You'll know it when you see it, or anyone listening. Next time they see Total Recall, that's Hank. I couldn't believe it. So he's had loads of like bit parts in massive films before. Obviously, making it big in in uh, Breaking Bad. Sorry, go on, Carl.
0: Yeah, well, I thought that was the best thing about it because um, it it would have been too easy to keep you know um to keep, to keep Dyson alive just in a sort of black and white good against you. I know someone's got to die here, and uh, uh, and I'm afraid it's the man who least deserved to in the whole thing. So I thought I thought I was quite surprised when when that first came out and I saw that and I thought, well, that's a bit odd, but I suppose. Because, again, because there aren't many humans in the, you know, humans with big parts in the film. Mm-hmm. I thought like, they were going to develop him into to do something because, you know, he's got all this guilt about what's happened, etc. Or, or what, what's about to happen under his name and under his watch and stuff. I thought that was the best thing about it, really. And the, the chase to the furnace is just, it's just, yeah, it's the, it's the same as the first 20 minutes, isn't it? It's just, yeah. everything goes wrong immediately and then it's just brilliant after. I couldn't agree more.
2: I think you've made a great point there as well on, on Dyson i think it would have been very easy for him to somehow get away or you know or them to set a timer but i think you're right it adds to the film that there is as there would be a cost a human cost so you know yeah. what they're actually doing and uh you know if you're taking on even if you've got a terminator with you if you're taking on hundreds of police and swat and, and another terminator someone's not going to make it out of there. And I think it would have yeah. been very cheap if he had made it out. But like yourself at the time, I was shocked that he didn't because it's sort of a, a film trope, isn't it? That the good guys make it out. So I think it, it did add to the yeah. film that he never got out.
0: And he's not mentioned again afterwards. No one mentions him afterwards.
2: They were quite busy, to be fair, Carl.
0: They had stuff <laughs> but um, but it, it is quite ironic, like she drives all that way with a furious face to go and kill him. Then she decides not to kill him because he's seen sense, and then he dies anyway. Aww. so uh, <laughs> yeah. she, she, she's a real good luck charm, isn't she?
2: <laughs> what about yourself, Sash? Yeah, I agree with all that. You know, fan-
1: fantastic scene and. I think the the way he died as well, the detonation scene was brilliant, you know, where he just drops and that that was fantastic. I think going to the furnace, it's something I think you you mentioned earlier, which is which we see there, which is really good, is the fact that in a one-to-one scrap, Arnie's Terminator can't compete with the T-1000. And he actually sort of batters him, doesn't he, really? And then it's when he's about to kill Sarah and John Connor that Arnie's Terminator kind of rolls over that thing, doesn't he, Mm -hmm. and shoots him. And I think that was quite important. The point, you know, we didn't have a silly ending where the, the lesser machine is actually able to kill the better machine in conventional ways. You know, it, it has mm-hmm. to come by in an almost, not accidental way, but in, in a haphazard way. And so I yeah. thought that was great. Yeah, and, and then when he goes into the vat and then he's he's burning and you see all the characters that he morphed into during the film, I thought that was uh,
2: sensational. Totally agree there. Um, we just both stand on the, the later bit with uh, Arnie and the thumbs up. That was quite controversial. I don't know what you guys thought about that. Why was that controversial? Yeah, well, when when Arnie, um, when the, the T101, when he gets lowered down in, in the furnace, uh, the last act he does is to give a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some people thought that was too cheesy and sort of took the edge off the end of the film. I think because I saw it quite young, it didn't bother me at all. But mm-hmm. I have I, met people who were like, really feel that spoiled the film somehow. But God, it didn't really bother me. I didn't
1: really. Yeah, it didn't, didn't bother me at all. No. Sorry, no, so, so, yeah. yeah
2: same here the one thing that I suppose don't get me wrong uh, I'm nitpicking here because I love the film like you two guys do um, the one thing I would say that in that end scene which I, I think like Carl said was just brilliance you know adrenaline everything building you know really good effects or oh, near perfect i'd say near perfect ends of a film anyway and uh, one thing that didn't ring true and uh, i sort of spoiled it bit, i hadn't noticed it originally but i noticed it the other day i think there's a bit where the, it worked in a way for some people but uh, maybe i'm a nitpicker the t1000 actually takes satisfaction at one stage and and sort of enjoys what he's done to the T101 too much, almost like a human, and yeah. that didn't ring true to me, he sort of lingered over him to to sort of revel in what he'd done to him, and obviously with him being a robot, it didn't ring true that he would do that, but that's just... But, doesn't,
1: but doesn't that and the thumbs up uh, reference what he said earlier in the film that he's got the capacity to sort of learn human emotions and stuff, the more time he spends Good. with humans, and so those are almost Good human point. reactions, I don't know.
2: No, good point. It could well be that that's why. No, I hadn't thought of it like that. Good point. Obviously, we've discussed probably the key scenes, really, or at least a few of the bigger scenes. Is there anything, any other particular scenes or themes, moments, we haven't covered that, you know, have been memorable for you, that you'd want to look at particularly, or have we pretty much covered it? It's up to anything
1: Well, the one thing I want to say, and I'm going to now take a massive dump on this entire podcast, which has been fantastic up up to now, is (laughs) as much as I love Terminator 2, I have this real gripe with any films based on time travel because essentially, time travel as a movie concept, as a concept generally, is just massively flawed. I just, I won't be able to explain this properly because every time I I try, I get tongue tied, and maybe Carl can do a better job of it than me if he agrees. But time travel cannot work. It just, it doesn't work because if you go into the past or the future and change something, then the the time you've come from hasn't happened in the way it did when you travelled from it. And I know, I think this film tries to get around it in some convoluted way by saying, I don't know, there was, there's a line or something about this is the moment where we can change the future, but that's a cop-out, basically. If you go into the past, the future doesn't happen, and if you go into the future, the past doesn't happen. And the film's great, but I'm sticking by my view that time travel is massively flawed. I'm sure Back to the Future's got loads of holes in it as well, any mm-hmm. film with time travel has got massive, massive holes in it, and so yeah, that's my overall general gripe about time travel films, uh, which obviously, Terminator 2 is one of.
2: No fair play. I, I must admit that. Uh... I'm quite strange in this respect that although I love it and I love the Terminator films, I almost haven't thought too much about the time travel elements because I think it'd probably hit my brain if I tried to. But I do take your point And I think if I probably did spend any time thinking about it, I'd probably feel the same way as you, to be honest. What about you, Carl?
0: Uh, I like Doctor Who, so I've got no <laughs> oh, there you go. whatsoever. But time it. travel is <laughs> brilliant. It's um, it's probably factually correct guessing as well. I, I don't mind it to be honest, but there is a strange part. Of, I, I'm like you. I don't really want to think about about it too much. But doesn't the fact that Terminator 2 ends as it does mean that there's um, because they've killed the Terminator, surely there's no Terminator first film?
1: Well, exactly. This is my point. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it, it's just impossible to make another film afterwards cons- about it as well. I yeah, think what, it just can't work as a concept. Time travel. Then it's a different topic altogether.
2: I know. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean there, but I think in terms of that point by Carl Land, which is slightly separate, I suppose. I think the way they justify that is in terms of it's it's almost inevitable that technology will move on to that point, no matter what they do. Yeah. All they've done is delayed it by destroying the Terminator because someone. Humans being what they are, someone will have that spark of creativity, and it'll probably ultimately go down the same route. I think that's how they'd explain it, anyway. But I know what you mean that, that with any film like this, with time travel and, and robotics and things like that, that, there are them them points that if you if you think about them in depth, they maybe don't stack up. So I yep. t- totally agree with you both on
1: that. The one thing yeah. I like is the future. The, the apocalyptic future is 2029, which is actually 14 <laughs> years from now, uh, which, yeah. which I just think is marvellous. And also, right. in Back to the Future, I, I, I'm telling everyone I meet this, um, this current calendar year, the future in Back to the Future is October 2015. So that oh. hovercraft
2: future is about four or five months away, which I think yeah. is marvellous as well. <laughs> they need to get a move on, don't they? Exactly, yeah. Um, now I'm going to look at basically there's a thing on IMDB often in a discussion point it's called the 100 things we learn from certain films and normally what it is is like silly or stupid things that have happened in a film be it dialogue or characters or what not so if you can both if you can give me something you learn from Terminator 2 that would be great yeah, start with Sash.
1: I really struggled with this. I, I really <laughs> wanted to come up with something witty and clever and amusing. Don't think I learned anything from Terminator 2. I think it's just a brilliant, brilliant concept movie, fantastically done. Didn't learn anything. Didn't learn anything. Uh, the only thing I learned maybe is that Public Enemy t-shirts are great, and I might
2: go out and get one. <laughs> but that's it. Fair, fair play, mate, and yourself, Carl.
0: I learned that you can make twenty million dollars from saying seven hundred words. Good. I like <laughs>
2: pretty, it. Nice pretty team. impressive. Yeah. Pretty yeah. impressive. I suppose uh, the two things I'd say I learnt are, who knew that Ataris were so good at, at hacking things? You know, that that little Atari uh, the, Yeah, that was you know, brilliant. That I was loved that, that a beast. credit card machine. Yeah. That was,
0: yeah. Was that, I don't, I don't, command that game he was playing, I think it was.
2: I think it was, yeah. It,
0: yeah I, I, it was, I, even even that's 12 years old, you know, that was 1978 or When that it came out. Know.
2: I think that was a little bit as well. They sort of showed that he was good at games, I think, was meant to signpost to some degree, you know, his yeah. future abilities and stuff. Yeah. The other thing I've learned is uh, I think it was set in, well, it was made in 19, well, it came out in 1991. Yeah. And it was, um, so presumably we're making it in about 1990. Yeah. And it all makes sense. I think John Connor's mate was a big england Italian 90 fan. Because yeah. he actually copied the mullet of Chris Waddle. Yeah,
1: his if hair you remember hair was him. Awesome. So yeah.
2: it, I I think that's where he got the look from watching Italian ninety. But enough of my stupid jokes. I think the last thing I'd like to ask really is uh, your thoughts on the later films. Have you bothered with them? What do you think? And uh, are you going to watch the current one? So I'll start with Carl.
0: No, I'm not going to go and see it. We may went to see it. We may add a. Um, he's going to listen to this. Um, we, we may did a Terminator day. He watched the first two films, see Genesis and the Night, and, and it was all right. I see. But I think I think I think Terminator 2, basically said it. I think that's the best film we saw that day. I could be wrong on that, but that's what I gathered from him anyway. But I've been bitten i I was bit bitten too hard by the Phantom Menace. So I'm I'm not gonna um I'm I'm not gonna hold that much hope for the third film. It'll be one of those things. If it's in a if it's in a it's on DVD in a charity shop in five years' time, I'll have a look then probably, but I'm not mm-hmm. massively that into it.
2: Yeah, I think I'm pretty much the same. I've had my fingers burned by the third one with Elton John glasses and talk to the hand there. I think I'm taking no chances until it's uh, going cheap or whatever or on sky or the the normal telly. What about yourself, Sash?
1: Well, just before Arnie goes into the vat at the end, uh, when John Connor's pleading with him to not kill himself, he says uh, it has to end here and wiser (laughs) words have never been said. Um, (laughs) They should have totally stopped after Terminator two. I've out of protest refused to see any other follow up films because Terminator 2 was a perfect ending to a fantastic franchise. And it winds me up when people go, you know, just push things too far on TV and in film, you know, end on a high note. And I don't know why they've continued. And I've seen I've seen clips of the new film and Arnie looks about 72. He's meant to be a, a deadly robot. It's just it's, it's farcical. So, no, I haven't seen any of them and I will never see any of them.
2: Uh, I can't, I can't say I blame you, and I think uh, wise words from you both there. Yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up there. So I'd just like to say uh, thanks very much to you both. Really enjoyed your company, and I, I, I'd like to think it's it's been fun for me anyway. And I'm sure the people who've listened have enjoyed it. and you know, just basically, thanks very much for coming on and giving your time, lads. Uh, where can people uh, find more of your work if they'd like to, you know, check out what you're up to? Well, funny you should mention that, Joe,
1: because <laughs> me and uh, me and Carl have written a book. It should be coming out in, a cu- well, it will be coming out in a couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. as many people as possible, if they want to buy that, that would be fantastic. It's called Where Everywhere Us. It's on Amazon. Yeah. And it's good, isn't it, Carl, I think?
0: It's quite good. It's incredibly good. And it's not about football. It's not about last season. <laughs> don't think I don't want to forget all about last season. It's not about last season. It's about what people do on match days for last season.
1: Yeah. I oh, should say it's a diary of Liverpool season, yeah, but there's not a lot yeah. of football in it. It's, it's mainly no. personal stories. And we've got about 30-odd people involved. And, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we obviously know everything's in it because we've read it all and it's brilliant and we're very happy with it. And, so, yeah, so go buy it. Right
2: sounds great Uh, sounds perfect Uh, holiday reading material there i'll check that out definitely okay Uh, i'd just like to say thanks to everyone for listening eager to get any feedback suggestion of future guests future films to cover uh, if you can please uh, hit me up on twitter at joe simpson at wolf underscore tickets lfc that's wolf underscore tickets lfc bit of a mad name i know it's a long story i'll tell you some other time (laughs) and once again thanks thanks for being great guests and thanks to everyone thank you
0: yes i'll be back